Welcome to the bi-weekly Q&A. Today I will be doing the real estate Q&A on my own. Sad is uh, celebrating his birthday and we'll be back on the next round in two weeks from now. So in the meantime, I'm going to answer the questions I got throughout the week that each and every one of you wanted me to answer. So let's start off with question number one. I took possession of my new home. I received a letter from a utility company, Water and Sewage, stating that the previous owners didn't pay the final balance, and I now owe the money. Am I really liable to pay this? Who's responsible to ensure that this was paid for before closing? What can I do about it now? Well, this is a uh, unique experience and it's not a normal thing. Like it doesn't happen frequently, but every so often things can get lost in the shuffle. Technically, this was supposed to be taken care of by the seller's lawyer. The seller's lawyer was supposed to ensure that the sellers had taken care of the bill and your lawyer should have been able to confirm it. Unfortunately, sometimes these things can get missed. And in this circumstances, yes, you do have to pay the bill. For whatever reason, if a utility bill does not get paid, whoever owns the home now somehow is responsible for it, regardless of whether it was your debt to begin with. But that's just the way it is, at least in Ontario. I can't speak for anywhere else. You will end up with the bill or damage to your credit, et cetera, et cetera. So yes, you are liable for it. What can you do about it now? All hope may not be lost. What you can do is contact your lawyer with the letter that you received and see if they can recover the money from the seller through their lawyer. So obviously if the lawyers talk to each other. Maybe they can recover the money. In the meantime, you'll have to uh, pay the bill and hope you can, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, the lawyers can uh, talk to each other, get the money, get it covered and reimburse you for the payment. If not, the other thing you can do is small claims court, uh, file a complaint and probably get the money that way. Whether you want to go that far or not, that's up to you, depending on the bill amount. So totally up to you. Other than that, yeah, unfortunately it sucks, but that's just the way it is right now. So going to number two, how do I deal with a tenant that is breaking a lease six months early and is only willing to give 30 days notice? Am I entitled to sue? Well, technically a one-year lease is a one-year lease. So if they want to break it six months early, they're technically liable for the rest. There is no way to break it unless it's a mutual agreement. And based on the question, that's clear that it's not a mutual agreement. So, and technically any notice is supposed to be 60 days regardless. So that being said, can you sue? Absolutely. You can sue them. Whether what will come of it, I'm not sure. Obviously that depends on the judgment and the person's finances. Definitely, um, if you win in court, you can have liens put on them. So, but yeah, definitely talk to a lawyer. That's the best route to take. So that's my suggestion because reality is that, I mean, it's another shitty situation and yeah, you may be entitled to sue, but you have to go through with it. Um, the law is 60 days notice and a year term is a year term unless you mutually agree. So three, I understand home inspections on houses are generally a good idea. Is it really required at a condo? What exactly would we be inspecting and responsible for? Ah, that is a good question. So yeah, typically in a house, we all know with home inspections, they would inspection inspect the roof, um, the attic, they would inspect the furnace, the electrical, they would inspect um, 
pretty much everything they can see. A condo is a little bit different because the roof would be uh, responsible for the condo corporation. Um, all the exterior would be responsible for the condo corporation as well. Um, an inspector may look at it anyways and let you know the condition of it so you have an idea, depending. If it's a high rise, obviously they're not going to go to the top of the roof and look at But if it's a condo townhouse, as an example, they may look at it. But typically they will look at everything on the inside um, as well, such as the electrical panel, the furnace, um, or whatever kind of heater you have. They would look at the air conditioning to make sure that's working depending on the time of year. The appliances are still checked uh, um, to see if there's any water leaks, stuff like that. Is it required? Well, it's not required for you to do it in a house or a condo. It is strictly your choice. Is it advisable? More than likely, it is something good to get a peace of mind. If you're confident and you're willing to take on whatever comes with not checking, then that's on you. But as a realtor, I never recommend skipping an inspection. At least, you know, not 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 just for any reason, at least, you know, like just for the sake of not paying it, I would never recommend it. An inspection could always be handy. You never know what happens when you open a door and you didn't see something. I always say a second set of eyes is always better. So that's my opinion. Um, there is differences from a house. Obviously, I think a house is more vital than a condo because you're liable for everything in a, in a house, where a condo, you're only liable for the inside, but it's still a good idea. Okay, what happens when I move into a place that I either leased or bought, and the previous owner or the landlord did not leave the property clean and ready to move in? Who is responsible for this? What if it was on our agreement of purchase and sale? Does that make a difference in the outcome? Well, in general, whether it was on the purchase of sale agreement or not, you typically expect a unit that you buy or move into uh, to be somewhat livable and clean. It's not you don't expect there to go there and have to um, you know clean it yourself and make repairs. It's usually uh, moving ready. That's what you expect at least, unless you bought something knowing that it's not moving ready. So typically, yeah, you would expect to clean. If it's on the APS, that makes it even worse. Um, the best thing to do is talk to the agents, have the agents talk to each other, get the, get the landlord or get the uh, sellers to, uh, come back in and, uh, pay for it or get it done themselves. Um, you might have, you might get stung with it. You might end up having to clean it yourself, depending on the severity of it. You can always go back to lawyers. If it's a purchase, if it's a real problem, they can try to recover some money to cover expenses. Um, other than that, it's pretty much grab a broom. Um, it's not the way it should be. But again, even if you get it done for you and they replicate it, it won't be on the same day. So that being said, when are you moving in? If you're not moving in or you can work around it, then there might be options. If you have to move in you have and, you, and there's no choice, then you might just want to get it cleaned. Um, typically, though, when you speak to agents and the agents talk to each other, they get it resolved. They, one way or another, they get it resolved. So benefit of having a realtor, they'll figure it out. So... Yeah, typically, uh, and realtors have a lot of connections with cleaners and stuff. I mean, I do. So that happens to me. Somebody calls up and says, it's a, you know, <laughs> the place is filthy, disgusting. I don't know what to do. Um, I'd get a cleaner right on it. I mean, that's just, I, I know who to call. It's part of the gig. And it's something that's got to be, got to be done. Um, you can technically try to get the money from the sellers. But um, depends on the circumstance obviously damages can be sued but i mean we're talking a cleaning get a cleaning lady um agents should talk to each other figure that out 
and uh, whether the agent uh, can talk to the seller's agent and uh, talk to the uh, seller and get that uh, taken care of from them. Um, I have my first live listing and have come across a couple of issues. How do I show a property with two occupants that would be there until December 1st and a bad case of bed bugs? That's very simple. You don't. I especially if there's bed bugs. If there's bed bugs in the place, you do not want your clients anywhere near that because if they bring it home, then their crap is contaminated as well. So best option is to wait for those tenants to leave, then put the house on the market then after it was cleaned and the bed bugs were taken care of because that crap's going to be everywhere. So you don't want people walking through it until it's been taken care of. So yeah, Wait for the people to move, get it clean, then list it. Okay, I'm thinking of holding off on a purchase of a home until spring because I heard that interest rates will be rising and as a result of home prices may drop. Could or should I sell my home now since the market is hot, rent the place for six months, then buy after the home price drops from the interest rate increase? That is very, very, very unique. And what I mean by unique, it's a perspective that many, many people take. Do I think you should sell your home and rent for six months? Absolutely not. Is there a possibility that interest rates could bring values down? It is a possibility. It just may limit who could buy and sell. Doesn't necessarily mean that it will drop. Remember, we are going through an inventory problem where we are short homes on the market. So that means the demand is much higher than the supply. In a circumstance like this, the demand may still remain higher than the supply. And if that's the case, the prices will continue to rise regardless of the interest rates. Now, if the demand drops and the supply goes up, that could be a different discussion. I don't see that happening right now. And by you renting, what ends up happening is you cash out today. And in the meantime, as the prices keep going out, sorry, up, you become further and further out of the market. So do I think you should rent for six months? My personal opinion? No. Um, could you? You could. Should you? Probably not. So that is my opinion in terms of renting for the next six months. Could the prices drop? It is possible, but remember, it's unlikely. Again, we have an inventory problem. You want to find a house? Let me know what's available because there's not much on the market. Because if you know of some places, let me know because I got clients for them. Because there's not a lot available right now, especially in a certain price range. So that being said, I don't see supply issues being solved because the interest rate went up a quarter percent. It just, it just doesn't seem logical. Well, I mean, come on, we're not talking about a difference of a mortgage payment from $1,500 a month to $3,000 a month. And oh my God, how am I going to make those payments? It's going to be, you know, your $1,500 payment might become $1,540. Now you tell me, would you be out in the street if your payment went up $40? So think about it. How, how drastic is it? I don't, I mean, it could be more depending on your mortgage size. I'm just giving you an example. I don't think it's going to be significant amount amount to make make this thing like the break it or make it kind of scenario. So I wouldn't be too concerned with that. But here's the other scenario. You're going to wait to the spring to buy because the interest rates went up. 
don't you think you're going to be paying the higher interest rates? And if that's the case, what have you saved when you're paying more interest? So instead of giving it to the homeowner, you're going to give it to the bank in your pocket. Okay. So instead of a paying, paying the extra 50 grand now, you'll pay it over time to the bank. Either case, you still paid it. So really, there's not going to be a big drop. All this I'm waiting for the market to crash is a bunch of nonsense. It's not the way people think it's going to be. I'm not saying there's never going to be a correction, but it's never going to be the drastic amount that people think. They think that it's going to be like 1990 again, where people are uh, living on the street and they're getting thrown out of their home. That's just not going to happen, not to that degree. What happens? market interest rates go up if the market drops you don't sell it's that simple do you think people are going to sell if they're going to afford to maintain it why would anybody take a loss it's just again there could be some correction in the future i just don't think it's going to be drastic enough to do all that just say you sell your house what if it goes up another 80 grand instead of down like you thought now you have to come up with an extra 80 grand to buy back in how hard is that going to be for you? At the end of the day, if you want to move, move. Do it when you're ready to move. Don't do it and try and to time the market because you're just going to lose that way. If you want to move and you want to move by Christmas, sell now. Buy now. If you want to move in the spring, sell in the spring. Buy in the spring. Don't play the market game. It's not going to happen. It's not going to work for you. Anyways, this is this edition of the Real Estate Q&A. I want to say thank you for tuning in. And we're going to catch you back in two weeks, which is going to be November 21st at 12 noon. Thanks for watching. If you have any more questions, send us send us a an email or a direct message or a comment or anything. Reach out to us. My name is John Papaloni. You can reach out to me anywhere online. Um, or you can email me at john at papaloniteam.com and we will get your answers, your questions answered on the next Q&A.